This is Agro's Nexus Podcast. Uh, I'm Brandon. I got my uh, great co-host, Dag, with me. How you doing, Dag? I'm doing fantastic, dude. How you doing? Hey, good. We've got Control Pew with us, uh, 3D printed guns. So uh, this is going to be a real fun episode for sure. How you doing, Pew? Oh, not too bad. We're we're surviving the week. It's uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's been a rough one. <laughs> yeah. we're we're surviving the COVID apocalypse. So. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm so over it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Should I call you Pew or? Yeah, what? Pew is fine. Control is fine. Hey, you jackass. Whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the um, 3D printed gun movement. Uh, well, I'm, I'm a gigantic nerd. I like tinkering with stuff and, and breaking stuff and doing weird math. So, you know, th- 3D printing was sort of a natural evolution of, of, of where I was, you know, back in 2012 when, uh, or in the, in the early, you know, 2010, 2011, when 3D printers first started coming on the scene. The first printer I ever had was one that you had to build, like you had you built it from parts, like before you could ever buy one. Um, so I, I, I've been in the printing space for a long time. Um, the printing of guns, like I said, I saw um, the 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 defense distributor um yeah defense distributed uh liberator video back in 2013 is like hey that's really cool um and then i just kind of lurked in the space for the next gosh like eight years (laughs) and and just sort of watched it evolve um it was uh mid last year mid like june july 2019 uh, when i first started actually participating in, in, in the 3D printed firearms movement. And uh, I, it was it, it started off as a joke. Um, the, the low point parts kits were on sale for 30 bucks. It's like, hey, what if we made a really cheap gun even cheaper through printing? It's like, that's funny. Uh, so, um, you know, a week went by, no one else picked up. I was like, yeah, screw it, I'll do it. So that was that was the first time I sat down with like, you know, uh, uh, calipers and a printer and decided to, to actually work on something and contribute to the broader community. Thankfully, that was really well received, uh, being the, the mean pistol that it was. So uh, almost a year later, we're, we're, we're here. <laughs> Did you have any collaboration on the uh, FGC-9? Or, and uh, for, yep. for people who don't know, that means um, fuck gun control 9mm, uh, which is a really cool gun that doesn't need any um regulated gun parts but yeah uh sorry go ahead control yeah so uh i i would i i would have loved to collaborated more on that than i did my 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 sole contribution was like a half a build while it was still in beta um simply speaking i ran out of time and printers to to get get it all together to get the final product out but uh Beyond that, really just a mouthpiece to, to get the signal spread around. But yeah, uh, watching the development of that was a really interesting, uh, interesting kind of experience to see it. it it's, it's, uh, it's not fully printed. So all of the external components, all the, the, the sort of, I would say the difficult parts to make, like your, your, your housing, your, uh, your, your lower receiver, stuff like that, they're all 3D printable. So it's now really easy to make those. And then everything else is really simple parts, like a, um, a straight piece of bar stock or, or round stock for the, the bolt and a piece of, it's called hydraulic pipe or explosion proof pipe 
um, for the barrel. So it, it, all, all the components that aren't printed are really easy to make. And all the ones that are printed are, well, they're, they're printable. So they're also really easy to make now. Um, so it's a, it's a really interesting project. If you haven't looked at it, I suggest you do. It, it's, it's something you can find easily Googleable. I won't give you the link here because you'll get banned for it probably. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, if you have no, 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 uh, no tools, no, no materials, no printer, um, you can build one for about 500 bucks. One of the things that uh, I really like about it is um, that, uh, that I know that you guys sort of collaborate with people all, all over the world and the different, different things that are regulated vary depending on where you're at. So, you know, obviously like here, you know, when you can get, you know, slides and barrels and stuff like that, no problem with the lower receiver is the issue. You know, it's printing that, but I know in other places, sometimes it's the opposite, you know, like doing the barrel or the slide is actually a thing that's regulated and hard to come by. So it's really cool that um, y'all were able to come up with something that, you know, you can do the whole thing no matter, uh, no matter where you're at, you know, you don't have to buy anything that's, you know, particularly regulated, you know, really allows people no matter where they're at to be able to, you know, defend themselves. And that's really, uh, really amazing. Uh, one of the things that I think is really neat about the, um, the barrel design, and this is something that I haven't done, haven't looked into it that much, but <laughs> I just think it's so neat that you guys were able to do the, um, what do you call it, The electrochemical machining. Yep. That seems really like really crazy. And, and I don't know, super technical. Can you maybe give me a quick rundown of like what, like what that is like they use salt water or something right right so you basically you, you take like an aquarium pump and you're pumping salt water through the bore of your soon-to-be barrel and we've we, there there's a, a mandrel that goes inside there a sort of guide or insulator to uh to channel the water in specific places so that it will eat away um at again at specific places inside of the barrel to both bore it to size and cut rifling i don't know if you if if your listeners are uh, you know if, if you have any idea of how like electro or how uh, electrolysis works electro etching uh things like that it's it's exactly the same process but we're removing we're removing more material and uh we're you know we're we're incorporating 3d printed uh sort of hardware into it to, to get that specific cut profile for the rifling and uh, the specific bore diameter that you're needing and the chamber and the diameter to, to cut for the chamber. So th things like that. It's, I mean, once you've done it, it's super not technical anymore. And you, you, you immediately understand what's being, what's, what's happening, but trying to think about or trying to think about doing it before you've done it, you're like, I, I you know, it, it seems like magic. <laughs> Right. Well, cause yeah, like, like the barrel is like, you know, something that needs to be pretty precise and, you know, rifling and stuff like that. So it definitely, right. you know, when you think like, Oh, we're, we're running salt water through this thing, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy, but, um, but yeah, I, I just love that. And I love that this whole thing is just so decentralized that so many people can collaborate on something without ever meeting without, you know, like, you know, they just sort of have a common goal and that's really cool. Right. Can you maybe tell me about the bounty program that you guys, uh, that you guys do to like when something needs to be developed, you know, how to, how does that happen? Right. So the, the bounty program, uh, I host it so that uh, the community, the broader community who maybe doesn't have the technical skill to do CAD or the resources to make something can come together and say, Hey, I want to see this thing created there. I, I want to see this, you know, let's say I, I want to see a, a 
a frame uh, uh, for a, a Glock uh, Glock 17 Gen 5 is one of our current bounties that are out. But I don't have a Glock 17 Gen 5 frame to start with, and I don't know how to use CAD or you know any number of of other reasons, right? This is something that the community can use to say, hey, I want to see this done and encourage people who do have the skills and resources to do it uh, via you know, a Bitcoin uh, bounty, so to speak. And the bounty's open. Anyone can come in and ask us to make anything and put up the Bitcoin to see it made. And then anyone else can come in after that and say, hey, that's a good idea. I want to see this too. And they can add to that. Um, so it's it's... It's decentralized using uh, using cryptocurrencies, and it's just a lot of fun. And then we have a, a, a bounty channel on our Keybase so that people can start to can, can collaborate in there if they want. They can ask questions. They can build, you know, specific re- requirements for each of these bounties. And then we'll, you know, we'll relay all that to the website and uh, make it uh, sort of public and transparent for ev- anyone who wants to be involved in it. That uh, that that that's really awesome, and uh, and, and yeah, again, it's just it's so easy to think that you know all the you know stuff like this has to be done you know in a laboratory with dudes in white coats and college degrees and all this, and it's just it's just really awesome to see you know in practice how just people you know and just 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 design stuff like this. It's uh, that's really amazing. I mean, two thousand years of recorded history. We've only been doing stuff in laboratories for the last hundred. So, right. Let's say somebody wanted to get started in this. Um, I've uh, I perused your website a little bit, and it has um, some really good info uh, to get started. And this is probably just one of those things you kind of, kind of, just you know, get started, dive in, mess a couple <laughs> things up, learn from your mistakes. You know, um, is is that about is that about the case? About how much like dollar wise does it take maybe to get started in this? Yeah, re- really. I mean, the the biggest hurdle is the first hurdle, and that's the two hundred bucks for the printer, right? So. Um, if you that's go to, <laughs> right, that's, that's like one half of a Corona paycheck, right? So, <laughs> or a quarter what, of a Corona paycheck. What, what kind of, what kind of printer is it? Yeah, it's, it's an Ender 3. It's a really cheap, really basic, uh, printer. And really we're only buying it for like the, the, the actual physical structure of the machine. Everything else we can, we, it, it, it's good enough. We start replacing parts as we go down the line. If you go to my website, it's or if you hit the guide.controlq.com, it's currently a five-part guide on everything you need to know to start printing. If you do it right, it'll take you about a uh, I want to say two weeks to get through um, through to part five, and then you know you'll be as good as most people who are uh, who who are actively contributing to the community. Um, you'll know how to use your printer. You'll know how to set up your prints and have a pretty good idea of what settings work best for you, for your, you know, region and your your uh, your your printing in your printer. And then you'll be able to produce, you know, relatively reliable prints that actually function and don't just dissolve um, on the first shot because we've had some of those. That's that's where the whole, you know, oh, they explode in your hand comes from is people who didn't know how to print who started printing and just went balls to the wall and said i'm gonna go out there and print the most complicated thing and they fuck it up so <laughs> anyway um, so yeah so, uh, hit, hit the guide.controlp.com that'll get you started the first hurdle uh is the 200 printer 
Um, once you've got that, your base it's it's ba it's not smooth sailing. It's pretty smooth sailing, right? So there, there there's a bit of a learning curve, but you won't it, it won't hold anyone up. So on the uh, on the topic, not necessarily of exploded guns, but this makes me think about it. Um, there's <laughs> a lot of different materials that you can do with a 3D printer. Um, yep. Is are there depending on like what model you're making? Are there different recommendations for what materials or um, or, or, or what? I think there's something like what like they tend different materials you could 3D print. Oh, there's a few dozen now. Um, oh wow! But yeah, the, it's we focus on one. It's PLA plus. It's really easy to use and pretty durable it's it, i would put it on par with like an abs material um if, if anybody's familiar with like a material science but um so it, it's pretty durable most of what we work or what we do is designed around that material okay um there are stronger ones for sure but as you get to stronger and more durable materials they also become harder and harder to print so P PLA struck that nice balance between uh, reliability and, e and ease of use for, for us, and we recommend that to anyone who's taking their first steps uh, in this hobby. When you say easier to print, do you mean like, like settings on your printer? You got to get them tuned in a little bit better in order to print the more difficult materials? Or I mean, obviously yeah, it's doing the work. Set, set, it's settings on the printer. It's the temperature of the printer uh, that, that, the, uh, that the hot end gets to. Um, sometimes you need a different material, uh, a different surface that you're printing on so that it sticks properly. Um, th there, there's a lot to be considered as you start sort of branching out. Um, but that, yeah, so we, we tell people, you know, stick with PLA plus. Um, it's also really cheap. So PLA plus is like 20 bucks a school, whereas you start getting to like your, your, ni your nylons, uh, nylon materials like Zytel, that's like 90 bucks for a spool. So oh, wow. it, it, it's a lot easier on the wallet. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really like the idea of just 3D printing in general, like not even like, like obviously, you know, guns are super cool. So, you know, right. that, that, whole, that whole thing's really awesome. But just like, just like the, um, you know, like just the ability that it's still relatively new technology, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just so cool that so like, okay. So like with this whole Kube thing going on here recently, it's kind of a surprising amount of stuff is like hard to come by in the stores, you know, because manufacturing slowed down or, or whatever, you know, it's just the idea that you can design something or download a file and just make it at home is, is really incredible. I mean, if you go to like a shit hit the fan kind of scenario, you know, be able to make something and even just down to the practicality of, I need this stupid little thing. I don't want to drive 30 minutes to the store and pick it up. How long does that take? I could be doing other stuff and right. I can just print it, you know, um, yeah. that's, I, I that, that's really neat. I, I live in the middle of nowhere in a small town in Iowa. I'm like an hour away from civilization, right? Walmart's half an hour down the road for me. And that's it's like I, I, it's a half hour down plus, you know, a half hour messing around with their Corona wait in line business and another right. half hour back. I'm like, that's an hour, about hour and a half of my day that I've wasted doing for, for a $2, like, you know, hook at Walmart. And I was like, no, let's just like print one. And I'll come back to it an hour. And in the meantime, I'll go do something else, like fix my back deck that I still haven't finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> Collapsed three weeks ago. I'm like halfway through the remodel. But anyway. Um, 3D print your one, dude. You'd be good. Yeah, totally. That's totally how it's going. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Dude, if I had a printer that big, I'd have so many guns.
<laughs> just add one. Make yourself a tank. <laughs> right. Oh, you can't 3D print a tank, bro. The government has tanks. Watch <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to some friends recently, and they were like, um, if, uh, you know, what if they make 3D printers illegal? It's like, can 3D print you a 3D printer, dude? You're good. Right? Did you guys oh. hear about the, uh, the guy who 3D printed a Lamborghini? Yeah, I did. It's so awesome. Obviously, a part of the time, then, right? <laughs> I was thinking, was that Local Motors did that? I want to say it was Local Motors. Uh, I think it was just some guy, but um, yeah, I don't remember. There was some company that, like, they're just 3D printing cars. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'll have to go look at it later. Now that, yeah. <laughs> One thing that uh, I see a lot of people are printing are, like, um, medical devices you know mm-hmm. prostheses and stuff like that and that's well for a few reasons one you know let's say you live somewhere i mean i don't know if we want to quite go as far as a third world country you know you'd at least need to have electricity and a computer but you know if you're somewhere somewhere out there that doesn't have access to things like that that's really incredible and you're also sort of circumventing a lot of um like for instance like a cane like a walking cane mm-hmm. you have to be a pharmacist like a pharmacy in order to sell that it's considered medical equipment which is absurd that you can't just sell a cane, you know, but with something like when you can just print stuff, you can really get around a lot of that regulation too. So not just like in a firearm, obvious, but you know, um, with all sorts of other things, you can avoid paying taxes, you can avoid paying tariffs, you know, you're not paying sales tax, you're not paying the tax on the gas to drive to the store, you know, to go pick up the stupid thing. Uh, and I, I don't know, it's, it, it's just super cool. Um, I really feel like technology is going to bring a lot of ways around to make the state obsolete. I mean, on your first part, I've seen pictures of clinics in Zimbabwe printing, you know, art, prosthetic arms for kids who had them blown off playing with landmines. So, you know, th- this isn't like they're out there all over the third world. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's not nearly as as uh, as or I would say the the 3D printers have really just sort of penetrated all levels of, you know, economic reach sort of and they, they're they're you know they're all focused at that individual level of what do i need right now what's to, what 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 can i do to best serve what i need right now and you know for people in zimbabwe they need they need prosthetics and they they're you know two they're they're a hundred thousand dollars to order them from the u.s or ten thousand dollars or whatever um right. they can they can download them off thingiverse and print one for three dollars you know, and, and relatively speaking to like uh, someone in Zimbabwe, that's a lot of money, but it's not $10,000. Yeah. So, yeah, it's you know, not unattainable. <laughs> right. And like that, that's, that's, it, you can, it, it's, it's gone from, I, for, for like the, the medical nonprofits in these countries who are, who, who used to have to go and solicit donations were like, Hey, I need 500 people to donate $5,000 so I can buy five you know, five new hands for kids, you know, it's now I need like five people to donate 10 bucks and I can re I can, I can print new hands for a village, you know, it, it's, 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 it's just lowered that economic bar so far so quickly. And it's, it, it just makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I swear I'm getting goosebumps in here. Just like thinking about it. Like that's just incredible. Right. The more you can do for yourself, the less you have to rely on a government to do for you. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's no taxes on 3D. You know, how are they going to tax you on something that you 3D print? You know. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like, the more stuff we remove from the chain of commerce, 
uh, and so the more we get into just make it yourself, just conjure this thing out of out of the atmosphere, you know, for you. Uh, uh, the less we we invite government regulation into it. So you talk about firearms, right? I'm I'm printing an AR9 right now, and I'm not paying any you know federal transfer tax. I'm not paying any sort of mandatory. You got to send this to an SSL tax. I'm not paying any sales tax. I'm not paying any kind of any tax on that. You're not showing ID. You're not having to fill out an ATF form. Uh, right. Which, I mean, I, I, I mean I, that's I, the way it should be, right? Because uh, right. It, because the second. second <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not. Uh, I, I, I've I've completely detached this particular little receiver from the entire chain of commerce, and. That's that that's that that's a benign enough idea, but at its heart, it's exceptionally liberating. Yeah, absolutely. So, what um, what kind of things are um are out there right now? And um, I don't know. I, I know I've heard you know over the past few months, you know, some stuff people are working on. But I don't know what's actually um done. Is there a is there like a like an AR fifteen receiver that can just be printed now? Yeah. So there's a couple different designs that are out there. Um. Most recently, we uh, we've released a U-bolt um, receiver. Ivan the Shoal did this one, and he incorporated just this. Uh, it, it's a it's a two-inch U-bolt, common hardware store U-bolt that goes around the buffer tower. And the reason we did this is because that's where we've seen the most failures with printed lowers happen. Uh, so that recoil force the bolt slamming back into the, the stock. Um, enough times it cracks that receiver tower off. And so he's added the U-bolt there to, to reinforce it, and uh, apparently he's managed to do a couple rifle push-ups on, on on his without it breaking. So I think we've got it strong enough there uh, for for the time being. Um, and then that AR-15 U-bolt lower spawned into an AR-9 U-bolt lower that I'm printing now. There was an AR-10 one that was done uh, a couple couple days ago that I posted about. Um, it's still in development. So these will be coming out in the next couple of weeks or months or so, um, whenever they get through finishing their betas. And then uh, beyond, I mean, we've got a lot. So there's a VZ-61 Scorpion lower uh, receiver that's been converted to take an AR-15 fire control group. Hell, let me just look at my Instagram quick. <laughs> I, I, well, like, so yeah, much like, happens, like I can't even remember. So we like I'll I'll be scrolling through um because even though it's practically Greek to me I'm trying to learn but I'll you know I'll scroll through you know to turn suspense and um another one I follow is called Foscat yep. um and um and you know I pick up a little bit here and there but it's just like man I feel like they're talking about like thirty different models oh yeah you know no, and I just like I did easily. not realize you know I, I'm familiar with the FGC nine right. and a little you know three D printed Glock mags and stuff but I'm like man there must be so much more out there you know oh yeah. So if you go to, for, for you guys listening, if you go to controlpew.com, I usually post up under uh, file drops anytime you release a new file. And the stuff that I'm posting about, it's all through, uh, through, through uh, uh, deterrence dispensed. And that means that it's all been tested and verified by like multiple people in the community. These files are good and they work. So... Yeah, so we've got the, all the, the Gen 3 blocks, uh, AR-15, AR-10, AR-9, the Scorpion, Tech-9, uh, the Mac-10 is in development. Uh, 
or Mac 11, sorry. The SR9 is, uh, was released. The low point was released. The 1022 receivers were released. What about this, uh, this like full auto Glock? Oh, the, the, the Glock giggle switch. Yeah, that, that's been released. Full auto, right? Yep. It's, it's the, uh, it's actually just a back plate that you add on to a regular Glock. Yeah, um, I, th- I mean, I figured it was easy. It's just like, you know, that, that that's cool that, that, uh, that you can make something that, um, yeah, you, know, uh, you know, that's completely unregulated and, uh, and, uh, what the law would consider, you know, illegal, but it, I mean, it's your right to have it regardless of absolutely. whatever piece of paper they, they have. I, I believe it's like a human right to be able to carry, you know, whatever, piece of defense that that you want regardless and uh yeah the, just, the, just the awesome to see full auto stuff that you can uh, that you can achieve um that you you as a human should be entitled to the highest level of arms you can achieve yeah i want i want like i want like, po- I want, like pocket nukes defense. you know yeah absolutely <laughs> pocket nukes pocket drones screw it why not <laughs> but yeah we we've got just a metric ton of stuff out, man. There and there's, I want to say there's about one a month, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. It's the the downside to like the open source and you know all are welcome community, uh, it, or anyone can do anything or contribute anything community is like we don't know when stuff is going to come out. So, well, it sounds like you guys have a little bit of a um. I don't know what the word for it, a system or a process for kind of like quality control. Like you were saying, it, it goes through a, a little bit of testing and then it has to be successfully fired. You know, it sounds like a certain number of times and this and that. Um, yeah, we, we have a... How does that work? So any, anybody can make anything. And if you have an idea, if you come in with an idea, hey, I want to work on this, go ahead and do it. I mean, no one's going to stop you. Um, if you need help, like post in the chat and people, you know, if you need someone to look at your design. But like, be started on the design. Have a direct have have an idea of what you want to achieve, right? So don't just hey, what do you guys think about X, right? Just have an idea, be started on that idea, and then show people what you're doing. It's like hey, you know, how does this or how, ask specific questions about it, not like a general what do you think. Um, and then once you've you know gotten it to a point where it functions or where you're kind of okay with uh, with how it looks or and how it how it works. Um, talk to me, talk to one of the admins for, for debt disk and we'll put together a beta test for you, a beta test room, and we'll make an announcement to the broader community. Hey, come test this thing. Come take a look at it and provide feedback, uh, to the developer. And, uh, so they'll, they'll go through that sort of, uh, that sort of closed loop in the beta, uh, chat a couple times with three or four different people, whoever's interested in testing it or whoever's got time to test it. And uh, yeah, then they'll when 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 that developer decides, hey, you know, I'm happy with how this works, and you know, everyone else, no one else has any real critical feedback. Hey, this thing is super dangerous. It's gonna fire out a battery and blow up in your hand. Type feedback. Um, then we'll we'll package that up and we'll release it and we'll make that formal sort of announcement on all the channels of, hey, this thing is out now. Go download and print and be happy. So awesome. So you can feel um, at least at least relatively confident, you know, yeah. when you're uh, when you when you're getting something and uh, and printing it out, man. That's uh, that's amazing. 
Yeah, and that's that's I want to say that's probably one of the bigger banes of of the 3D printing firearm community that we've had up until now has been things that aren't like verified by multiple parties before they're officially released. Like, so we'll get you know a, a file that's released that's out of spec in one fashion or another, and uh, doesn't quite fit or perform. You know, within like if you think about like all. All firearms have, when you start machining stuff, right, there's always a tolerance of like plus or minus, you know, a tenth of a millimeter or a hundredth of an inch or something like that. And right. so when you start, you know, your, your individual developer only has one Glock 19 parts kit to test with. So he's got one set of those tolerances, right? Whereas like you get five of those people, well, now you have five different tolerances. You know, they're all within a tenth of an inch. Or a hundredth of an inch, but one end one end of that tenth of an inch or the other might not work properly. So that's that's sort of what the beta program flushes out. We get stuff that's functional enough, and then we test it across multiple iterations, across multiple people, and make sure and multiple printers, and make sure that it works relatively well. And then we can uh, we can release it with some confidence to say, hey, this is a good this is a, a good and tested file. Um, and you should be able to print it relatively successfully. And then, of course, it can continuously be improved on, too. Absolutely, yeah. And, well, again, so uh, that's another thing. Once we release something, right, the original CAD is packaged in that. So anybody uh, can come in and take, you know, that uh, Glock 17 CAD file and add something to it. So if they want to put... Um, you know, the ATF guy staring over the wall on the grip, they're welcome to do that. <laughs> if they want to, uh, somebody, I don't know if you guys watch any of uh, Brandon Herrera's videos. Um, he did his cursed gun images today. Somebody took my low point frame and just like put in CAD a, a dick off, a dick bayonet off the front of it. Um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, and there there's all sorts of different like, so cosmetic stuff, you're well, it's 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 all there. Play with it, have fun, right? Yeah, and I if you, a photo, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I would say if you if you if you do something and you make an iteration that's like functionally better than what it what whatever it was that we posted, bring it back to the group, and we'll put it we'll put it in another beta and we'll verify it and then we'll re-release it. So, I mean, it's it's constant iteration by absolutely everybody. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I saw um uh, I saw one of the I don't I don't know what model it was or anything, but yeah, on the uh, on the handle it said uh, print guns not money. It's like oh that's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw flipping through um, your website. I have a feeling it's gonna be something silly, but I saw uh, something about a narwhal tusk. Yeah. What um what what's the story with that? All right, so. If you remember, uh, I want to say November last year, there was a, a some some like a suicide bomber on London Bridge in uh, well, in London, um, and a bunch of civilians right went and beat the guy down and stopped his his attack there. Turns out the civilian uh, was an ex-con who was doing some prisoner rehab thing uh, at the, the, a restaurant. I think it was called the Fisherman's Wharf there. And he saw the, the attack start. He grabbed this narwhal tusk off the wall and just started beating the piss out of the guy. Um, it, it was hilarious. It was like a, it was a, it was a joke on Twitter for a week. 
Um, and somebody challenged me to, hey, you should make a 3D printable bayonet tusk. And I'm like, oh, hey, that's kind of cool. You know, so we're looking at a, a actual bayonet or actual narwhal tusk, and that's like $30,000. Like, well, we're not going to be able to afford that. So let's be a little more practical. Uh, and I did like a five-minute, you know, CAD crappy bayonet um, and just put it on Twitter as a laugh. And uh, people responded to it. They they asked me to make a uh, to take a serious engineering pass at one. So uh, that's the tactical desk. Um, it's a 3D printable bayonet uh, mounts on a Picatinny rail, and it's uh, it, it's printable. It's designed so that the front third of it will embed itself in your enemy. And depending on what kind of steel rod you put in it, you'll either just stick in them or you can like have a you have a pipe so they'll like bleed out through it. It, it's it's over engineered and and super silly and just absolutely um, a, a laugh. <laughs> I feel like I could just have a ton of fun making goofy bayonets with a with with a printer. You know, you're talking about the dick bayonet. I feel yeah. I feel like I could just go all out with stuff like that. <laughs> dick bayonets. Um, there there's uh, somebody did like a C clamp for like an actual dildos. Um, yeah, so there, there's there, you could do all sorts of things for it. Um, well, it's, it's funny. That story too, is just like the, uh, like going back to how like important this is, you know, like, like for defense, you know, you're talking about, you know, in, in England, somewhere where they're not allowed to have guns, you know, they have to resort to using a blunt instrument, you know, to stop right. someone. And it's like, just 3d print yourself a gun and you can stop. So obviously you'd be in trouble at that point, you know, to use yeah. it, but, um, but, but, but anyway, just, just like, to be, just so to be alive so much that you've got to yeah, like rely true. on. On, on wall decorations to, yeah. to, by, to by save a convict your life. that, you know? Right. <laughs> and I'm just... I'd rather be alive than, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> and I mean, that's even here. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to use a gun to defend yourself or, or, or somebody else, I mean, you kind of have to be okay with the fact that there's a chance, you know, you might end up, you know, going away for it if the state decides that it wasn't something that had to happen or, or depending on what state you're in, where there's, stupid duty to retreat laws and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you always kind of got to be okay with that possibility happening just because it is always a possibility. Right. God, duty to retreat laws are just the worst. Uh, yeah. It's like you got to jump out your bedroom window instead of defending yourself. Like that's, that's asinine. I live in a castle doctrine state, fortunately. So thank God for that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, um, yeah, I'm, I'm down in Florida and yeah, we're, we're pretty open. I think it's something like 10% of the population has their concealed permit. Um, so it's like, you can just safely assume, you know, at right. least 10%, to, depending on what County you're into half the people in any given Walmart are armed. So that's, <laughs> it makes me, some people, they like that terrifies them. And to me, that makes me feel so great. You know, like most of my neighbors have more guns than I do. And that makes me feel really safe. <laughs> oh, man. I feel I, I would I would wish that I lived in a place where my neighbors had more guns than I do, but I know they don't. So <laughs> I'm a little sad, but yeah, like that's hard to that's hard to do, I guess. <laughs> right. Oh, well, you could just print them off. I mean, hope, hopefully, once I get my printer going, it won't be the case. But <laughs> just one printer, man. You need three. Come on, <laughs> rookie numbers. Room. <laughs> Uh, awesome, dude! I am really excited to uh, to get into this, uh, definitely, and um, and, and yeah, for you know, of course, the uh, you know the firearms, but just just all the other possibilities that one of those opens up, and yeah, I mean, just the the price point to get in is 
shockingly low. Like if I were to take a guess, like if I didn't know anything about it, I'd expect them to cost at least a grand, you know, right. for a for, for a printer. And the fact they're only a few hundred bucks is really uh really astounding. Yeah, just just to sort of hit the cost again, real quick. So the printer is two hundred dollars, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's two hundred dollars and like forty bucks in filament. That's two spools, and you'll pretty well have it figured out. Have what ha, have how to run the printer figured out. Um, after that, uh, like the FGC nine, for example. All the hardware you have to buy, so all the off the off the shelf, you know, your your steel rods, your springs, your barrel material, all of that's about two hundred bucks, right? So the, just the raw hardware, um, and then tooling. Again, you got the printer is two hundred bucks, and then you need like uh, a benchtop power supply, which is another fifty bucks um, to do the the ECM barrel. Um, so I, I mean, we're 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 under five hundred bucks, and you have an FGC nine with a little bit of investment of your time. You've got a working semi-automatic nine millimeter, basically PDW. Um, and some of that stuff you could reuse too for other guns, like you know the yeah. power supply and this and that. So that's kind of like, like yeah, right. so, so set up. Then once you have that, yeah, your your first one five hundred bucks. Your second one maybe a hundred, but. Like oh, I, right. fortunately, I'm. I ordered enough material on my first one for, for again for under five hundred bucks to do like two or three of them. So, I mean, I, I basically got three for five hundred bucks on that first run. So it's 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 one of those, you know, it's not nearly as expensive as you think. Um, start getting to like AR-15 stuff though. Like your lower receiver is three bucks. All the rest of the parts are going to cost you just as much as they would for you know your air, your regular air 15 so right. you save save a little bit on that but you also get infinite air 15 lowers so now um when you when you do like a like a lower like that for an ar-15 is there i mean is it pretty much is there much, once you get it printed out is there much that needs to be done on it like do you need to take a jig to it uh, to drill stuff out on it or is it printed pretty much how it needs to be oh uh, it's pretty close to what it needs to be for me i take uh so I'll I'll remount the the fire and ha- or the trigger and hammer pin holes with the trigger and hammer pins. I'll just chuck those in a in a a, a drill and just um, ream those the the holes to size. Um, I'll, I'll I'll ream the uh, the takedown and uh, pivot pins to there just over a quarter inch, um, and then I'll do the uh, safety selector to I think it's three quarter or something like that. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Anyway, I'll, I'll yeah, that seems excessive, but I don't know. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take a drill bit or some bit. I'll put it in the drill. I'll spin it backwards, and I'll cut the uh, or I'll, I'll uh, ream the hole to size so that it's a, it's a snug fit, not tight, but snug. Um, just so like if you have if your printer over extrudes or something, you'll have extra material in the hole and you start jamming a pin in there or crack. So stuff like that. Um, just little cleanup stuff, support material removal, um, maybe a little bit of filing to get rid of a rough spot or two. Um, really not that bad. Uh, last, I want to say the last one I cleaned up took me about 10 minutes, but the first one I cleaned up took me probably the better part of an hour and a half to sort of figure out what I was doing and not break it. So Right. Once you get it down. Right. Um, I guess I really just had um, one more thing I was curious about and 
no pressure on this. I'm sure it's a lot of work, but I heard you at one point mention that you were working on something to make springs with. And yeah, is there uh, any um is there any progress on that? There is some, nothing really reportable. Um Okay. I've I'm I'm still like I've got the 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 electronics working sort of. I've got the you know, the basic sort of pre-bending mechanism sorted out. Um really it's it's that it's it's getting the head to bend in basically three dimensions, right? Because I, I need a spring machine that can do any radius, any bend over any length. So that right, it's, yeah, it's, different directions and stuff. You were saying, yeah, yeah, it's it's a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> do, you, do you have like engineering background, or I mean, how do you how 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 did you get to be able to uh, to do this stuff, man? Because that's just yeah. incredible. I, I'm just a nerd, man. I, I, I'm just a gigantic Asian nerd. That's, that's, <laughs> just read a lot and make it happen, huh? <laughs> Pretty much, right? It, cool. It's it's the beauty of printing and, and learning to do CAD and all that other stuff is, you know, anything I want, I can just make. Oh yeah. Did um did you have any other questions, uh, Brandon? Man, uh, you've been doing such a good job. Uh, I haven't really. Uh... No, not at all. I, uh, hey, you, got, you know, changing you the world one. Yeah, right. <laughs> changing, changing the world. Uh, you know, one print at a time, and uh, you know, I, I just, I, I love it. Uh, great way to achieve freedom, and um, you know, avoid the state. So, couldn't be happier. Um, really appreciate you having on. Uh, is there anything yeah, else you guys wanted to go over? Uh, I mean, how can people reach you? You know. What's your website URL? You know any of that kind of stuff you wanna you wanna mention? Yeah, sure. So uh, again, if you're interested in taking your first steps, the guide.controlpew.com is a, a good place to start. It'll walk you through you know your pr- pr- printer purchase, what you need to get, and how to do the things to do to you know start printing. Controlpew.com, my website where I put out information about the 3D printing community, um, announce file drops, whatnot. Uh, I am at Control Pew on basically everywhere, primarily Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, so at Control Pew, if you got questions uh, for me personally, uh, Instagram is probably the best place best place to reach me. And as always, the deterrence suspense community on Keybase. That's uh, DET underscore DISP. It's an open team. Anyone can join it. And I'll say it: anyone can join it. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, it's um, encrypted, but anybody can right. join. <laughs> encrypted is not like, like when you join it, right? Think about the steps you had to go through to join it and realize, right. you know. That other people can, yeah. Other people. Um, but that, that's the primarily where we do most of our collaboration. That's where the beta program is hosted. That's where the bounty program uh, collaborates at. So, um, again, it's, it's, there's 11,000 people there. If you've got questions, take them there. You'll likely get them answered. Thank you uh, so much for coming on, man. Uh, this, this was a hoot definitely. And, um, I am, I am so excited to, uh, to get started on this. I'm hoping here in the next couple months to, uh, to be able to, to get a set up and start fucking some shit up so I can start learning. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, this is super cool. And I'm glad, glad you guys invited me on. I'm glad to see your, your, uh, your starting printing and post pictures and shit, man. It's going to be. I always like it when people, when, when more people get involved or when, you know, when, when people with, you know, audiences get involved in this stuff. Cause it's like 50 more people are like, Hey, 
don't those explode in your hand? And then like a hundred other people who are like, oh shit, that's awesome. And then yeah. you know that that original fifty, you're like, hey, those explode in your hand. They'll come around eventually, or the you know. <laughs> it's, it's always good to see more people getting into the space. So. Oh yeah, well, it makes it more commonplace, and then there's just more information out there. So anybody else who wants to get into it, it'll hopefully a little bit easier for them. And um, the more people that do it, the harder it is for them to stop us too. So. Amen. So. Sweet. Uh, well, let's see Gorsh next podcast. Um, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. And the Gorsh next is out.